Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Insights. Today is May 17, 2020, and we're talking post-Bitcoin halving analysis. That's right. This is everything that there is when it comes to knowing what's going on post-halving. Uh, I feel like everybody is talking about into the halving, what's going on and what to expect. But there's very little analysis out there about what's going on post halving, right? So we're gonna take a we're gonna take a chance today to try to explain that to to see what what has changed as far as miners, transactions, all all, all types of on chain metrics. Um, we're also gonna talk about where I think the price is going. We have some really good um, key information that's come out here recently, uh, and also want to mention too, you know. Consensus was this past week. Uh, we had the halving this past week. It was such a bullish time for, for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency this week. Paul Tudor Jones, right? Uh, even the Harry Potter author, J.K. Rowling, got involved with uh, Bitcoin this week. Elon Musk is talking about Bitcoin. So there's just so much going on this week. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to think that we had such a great week of, of, of just press, right? So let's jump into... Post Bitcoin having analysis starting now. On May 11th, block reward in the Bitcoin network was decreased from 12.5 BTC to 6.25 BTC, heralding the third halving in Bitcoin's history. Now, block 630000 was the first to bring a decreased reward, and it was mined by Antpool Mining Pool. So it was a it was a really eventful day. I think we, we talked about it on Thriller Rundown. Uh, There's a lot of people super excited, myself included. It was, it was a great week uh, overall. Uh, we, we covered consensus last week uh, on day one and day two. Unfortunately, uh, day three, day four, day five uh, was recorded, uh, wasn't done live, and they didn't, they failed, their coin desk failed to uh, upload any videos. So everything that I was watching uh, <laughs> those days, uh, unless I was recording it, there they weren't, they weren't uploaded. So kind of sucks because there's a lot of good information on those days, but uh, that's CoinDesk. Other, otherwise, uh, it was a great week and we covered most of it, if not all of it. Now we're going to talk about posts, Bitcoin having and the analysis behind a, a lot of different things. First up is on-chain metrics. So the number of active addresses has increased to levels not seen since the 2017 bull market. And this is serious. So I went ahead and, and took a, a graph here from Glassnode and you can take a look at it. We're at around, uh, these are the number of active addresses, 904 million uh, 808-857. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous amount of addresses has increased. And we haven't seen this since like, I want to say probably November of 2017. Crazy, right? 
so this is suggesting that not only their their increase in activity, but also adoption. All right, and so all this on chain activity from new adopters is is really a good good great sign here coming out of the having. Uh, next, we're going to look at transaction, right? Because we need to look at the UTXO analysis. Uh, as the third halving date, 22% of the network hasn't moved in five years. And you're probably wondering, like, why is that? Well, it's because everybody's hodling. <laughs> and 7.7% hasn't moved in a decade. Yeah, those are the OGs. Uh, as interesting as some of these one-off numbers are, we believe understanding what stage in the holder cycle we are at is the most useful aspect, right? Because the current phase is highly important, right? But on one end, a considerable amount of time has passed without an all-time high. And this is gonna help impatient uh, people walk away. But at the same time, enough volatility has been experienced to help weak hands make their exit, <laughs> as we've seen here <laughs> in, in 2018. Now, uh, you know, all this is not to scare people away, right? Uh, that's not to say traders won't dictate short-term price movements because we do. And we're able to, to you know, uh, help leverage uh, some of this. And, and if it wasn't for the existing base getting shaken out, then you wouldn't see any of these pumps, you know, so high. So normally this would be the, the part of the process where natural demand slowly trickles in. However, this time might be a little different. And the reason is, uh, if you look at the macro backdrop, and we're actually going to dive into a, a future episode of the Great Monetary Inflation, and I have I have like eighty percent of it done. It's just there's just no way to tackle this beast of a of a podcast uh, without a little bit more time. So I was expecting it to release it today, but it's it's just um, yeah, I'd rather get it right than just release it, uh, you know, because. You know, I'm run out of time. Uh, I'd rather get you a quality podcast on, on what I think. And it's almost there. It's about 80 percent complete. Uh, now it's just a matter of, of recording it and making sure I double check some facts. But uh, other than that, it, it's going to be a really good episode. But anyway, we'll talk about more about that, about the macroeconomic side of, of the whole global uh, space, uh, you know, here on this on this next episode when we release that. It's going to be a Thriller Insider. Um, and I think I shared it on Telegram if you if you didn't see the, the cover art for it. Um, so anyway, let's get back to this. <laughs> I tend to diverge a little bit. But if you look at the macro backdrop and the conviction driven investments and endorsements from the likes of Paul Tudor Jones, right? That was big news this week, right? And the ever expanding infrastructure that can support more demand each day. And we're solely seeing all this trickle, this trickle, uh, this trickle amount of, of money coming into the space. And this is, I wouldn't say, I would I would say it's this new people as well too. I mean, there's there's new retail investors that are entering back in, uh, a lot more people like JK Rowling, <laughs> Harry Potter author, is talking about Bitcoin. So people that necessarily wouldn't be talking about Bitcoin is talking about Bitcoin. So this is why you're seeing all this transaction activity. This is why you're seeing all these these number of new addresses, uh, you know, sh uh, show up on these on-chain metrics. Uh, these these are astounding, to be honest with you. Um, it's a, it's very bullish uh, coming out of the having seen that because uh, it, I was expecting for it to drop. Like I was expecting the price to completely go back down, right? And we'll talk about price more as we as we as we get on later in the, in the show. But let's dive into miners, right? So if you look at miners, uh, we have a timeline of different mining devices, and I, I think if you if you really if you take a look at this graph that I posted on the newsletter, you can see that in 2009 it was primarily CPU mining going on, right? And then in 2010 it was GPU mining, and that's actually when I actually 
first tried to mine was in 2010. And I think I mined for like three hours and then never mined again. I was, I was such a dumbass. <laughs> and then in 2011, of course, CP, uh, GPU. 2012, we saw FPGA. 2013, same thing. 2014, we saw FPGA and then ASIC. And then since since 2016 until now, we're, we're still seeing ASIC as, as the best type of mining device. Uh, so the transformation started with the uh, ASIC chip manufacturers. And actually, believe it or not, um, they kind of have caught up to the cutting edge at this point. Miners now have the smallest and most efficient nanometer chip architecture that humanity has reached. Now, this is interesting because in the past, if you purchase a miner, by the time it was shipped to you, uh, there would be a better generation making yours almost obsolete. So uh, Bitmain used to get always uh, trashed about this, where they would, you would order a miner from Bitmain, uh, they would send you a used miner that they used, not a brand new one, a used one. Uh, and yeah, so there's so many stories, horror stories actually, you would hear about that. Um, but that's for another <laughs> episode. Uh, now that miners have caught up in, in terms of mainstream generalized chip fabrication, when you buy a mining rig, you know that there will be, uh, you know, there there won't be another one uh, as as fast as next month, right? So this enables more predict uh, predictability, and the cost of miners will come down thanks to mass production. And we also know there's Samsung's getting into it. There's other GPU manufacturers that are getting into it. And case in point, the miners will mine and hold and they'll speculate and cover the power costs until they are forced to sell. Now, mining is fairly predictable uh, apart from the BTC price. But miners know that every four years, the profitability will drop by half and they account for what when deciding to build their business. But the mining industry is simply going to look for cheaper and greener electricity, like geothermal or hydroelectric, as well as to use uh, any type of access power, like power plants up here in New York that recently got spun up. They're not going to let anything go to waste. So if you, could, you can take a look at this chart that we have put here below. You can see the break-even costs before the halving and what that was. We won't go into the specifics as far as the hash rate or the or the power consumption because that stuff gets really boring when you're doing it over a podcast. But let's just say that the cost to break-even was between 3600 to 7600 which is why you know I was very much uh, opposed to people saying that we we're going to drop below $3,200 again. There's people saying that we're going to get to $1,500. It just wasn't true. <laughs> so uh, so if you look at these break-even costs after the halving, we can assume that the network hash rate increased, right? Or, or stays around current levels into the halving. And if you look right now, we're, we we dropped below, but we haven't dropped relatively low. Um, you know, I would say we're probably at around where we were in January. So it's not really that bad. We're not as bad as we were on March 12th, right? When when everything just kind of dropped. So the hash rate is actually looking pretty good. It's kind of looking like where we're at in January, which for the most part is pretty high, right? Before before March, it was relatively high. And so we saw, of course, we saw the hash rate even pump even more because you had you had your uh, Bcash miners and your BSV miners, and they fell off, and they moved over to Bitcoin to mine that. And then after the halving, they went ahead and went back to those associated chains to start mining those blocks again. So that's why we're seeing the drop off. Uh, and so we need to assume that commercial operators transition over their fleet to newer models because that's something that's going to happen, right? Like. 
like the Atminer S17 Plus, uh, you know, is like 30% of everybody's rigs, while 70% remain older devices. Following the halving, the number of Bitcoin available for miners will decline by nearly half, which is six, uh, which is, yeah, <laughs> it's really low. Now, using these assumptions, that gross cost to mine one Bitcoin at projected levels following the halving would be around 15,000. 15, yeah, if we adjust our assumption on hash rate and assume hash rate stays nearly flat from current levels, then the cost to mine one Bitcoin would fall between 13K. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty important to, to note, however, that the large-scale commercial mining pools, such as those operated by, by Bitmain, we talked about earlier, will likely have a lower device price uh, point uh, as they will be utilizing ant, uh, ant miner devices at any cost. As such, this would allow break-even costs to be somewhat lower than below estimates. It, it's, it's not a surprise we're seeing Bitcoin at $9,300 right now um, as this difficulty adjustment takes place here in the next few days. We'll see. Um, we'll see either. We'll see either drop and uh, miners will adjust or miners will fall off. So we'll put ahead. We'll put all this charts and info for hash rate and for mining. You can take a better look at it. Um, all valuable information to know. But overall, if you want the uh, if you want the the short term, I guess answer to this all, we can kind of say the hash rate will fall. Right. The weaker the, the weakest miners will have to shut down unless we see a huge increase in price, right? Around 15 to 25, 30% will shut off, right? So this this is the, the nuts and bolts of it all. Now, I suspect some miners will turn on again after the first difficulty adjustment takes place. The older machines will eventually shut off as new. Um, and then you'll have the old mining machines, especially the S9, they will fade away from the market and then better machines will come online. And then some mining farms, not all of them, may have access to free electricity, so they could still potentially run the S9. Now, these new machines will push the difficulty rate higher, which we just discussed, but it will make older machines um, with, uh, you know, try, it will, will be unprofitable because they'll use less hash power. So I would say within the next month or so, maybe three months, we'll start seeing all of this start happening, uh, which is why you see the price drop, right? Uh, so right now we're probably in the green until the difficulty adjustment happens. And then after that, you know, all bets are probably off <laughs> at that point, because that's when we really start seeing some capitul uh, capitulation. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting a few weeks for sure. Uh, so it, it, this is definitely the time to hodl. Um, this is definitely not a time to sell your Bitcoin. Um, but to, to say that it's going to spike here in the short term, uh, like I said, it's it's very improbable that will happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to see that, but it's highly improbable that will happen. Uh, more than likely, we'll probably will probably fall. Right. Uh, hash rate included. Uh, but it, it won't be as crazy as it was on March 12th, right? Unless there's some kind of macro <laughs> market downturn that we just don't don't see, right? So a lot of things to consider, but for the most part, we're in a really good spot uh, as opposed to uh, as opposed to what what we could have been, you know, post COVID and everything like that. Um, now, what can we expect from the Bitcoin industry uh, post having? Because as a whole, we need to talk about that, right? We talked about mining so far. We talked about hash rate. We talked about type of miners are going to fall off. We talked about the transaction count, on-chain metrics. We got all the all the stuff that gives us proof of what we're about to say right now, right? So, I think when it comes to the industry as a whole, the having will probably you know, have the most positive effect on, on the Bitcoin price. If you saw my um, if you saw my tweet today, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I posted something that was I thought was profound that nobody has really 
said yet. Uh, I said 2020 is shaping up to become Bitcoin's most significant year yet. And I really believe I really believe that. I, I, I think uh, not only did we not only did we uh, survive uh, a, a depression, right? Because this was we talked about it. This is a Bitcoin's biggest test yet. Not only did we survive it, we thrived in it. Uh, we had our third halving. Um, we also have a uh, you know Paul Tudor Jones coming on board saying that he's offer Bitcoin now. We have banks saying that now they're going to work with these uh, crypto companies to uh, to to uh, leverage some of their banking f- facilities. Um, there is a tremendous amount of new addresses getting added, so adoption's clearly happening. Um, there's there's several events that have happened this year that are just overall great. Um, for the space, um, you couldn't have asked for a better year for Bitcoin, in my in my opinion. Um, would I have liked for it not to crash on March twelfth? Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, but the fact that we were able to recover so fast uh, shows uh, the uh, the hardness uh, of Bitcoin. Now, this is all positive news. You know, you know, this means new projects, right? Like BlockFi is doing some amazing things right now. As far as uh, uh, Bitcoin custody, um, you're seeing Coinbase start adding new assets. They're working with other uh, other organizations like the Cardano project and uh, I think Tezos and a few other proof of stake chains to go to Congress and, and to enact some kind of uh, uh, you know some kind of policy around proof of stake coins and, and or tokens I should say and how they are uh, you know not subject to SEC guidelines so, so there's so much great news coming not only from the um, the industry side but even the regulatory side right so all great bullish behavior going on right now now, Will we see more power plants installing? Of course, there's some going on here in my backyard, <laughs> just outside of Austin. Uh, and we're all, we, I think Elon Musk just said that he's going to move Tesla here in, uh, in Austin as well, too. So you're going to see even more people come to Austin and possibly maybe utilize some of that uh, solar power that Elon's going to set up here. And he wants to have that running by the end of the year, which is nuts. Uh, for the economy here in Austin. Um, so that's all going to be, you know, possible possible uh, Bitcoin mining installations there. Um, so they're not going to let any of this energy go to waste. Right. And power plants have already started this trend. And we're seeing, uh, you know, like the one here in New York. Um, so all of these all of these uh, profits are, are going to happen this year. And the final thing I want I want to discuss is the bullish factors after the halving. Because I think most people <laughs> don't realize uh, when all this is going to happen. Um, and we'll get into future predictions and, and stuff like that later in the show. But these are the bullish factors after the halving. And I think as long as you remember these, you'll know when the go time is. Because <laughs> I, re- I already know the date. I, I know the date when it's going to be go time. Uh, so we literally have from right now uh, up until... Gosh, I wouldn't say September, October. I would say middle of September. <laughs> so May, June, July, August, September. We have five months left before we start seeing this crazy parabolic uh, run, uh, in my opinion. This is my opinion. And I'll tell you why in future predictions. We'll go into that. But the bullish factors after the having Facebook Calibra, uh, they're launching this year. Facebook's going to launch this year. And I know everybody's like, oh, car, this is stupid. No one's going to use Facebook. 
I get you. Uh, I've been using it as of late more and more. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first off, I'm using it more because we have a Facebook for Thriller Crypto. So I got to post stuff on there. Uh, Edward runs the show there, but, uh, you know, I always try to post all our episodes there. But what I'm trying to say is uh, their interface has gotten better <laughs> for whatever reason. The interface has gotten way better. Um, I don't know why that is. It's just nicer. Uh, there's a dark mode now, surprisingly. It just it looks like a way better app. Um, yeah. OK, so I'll say that. Uh, another thing I'll say, take two, another take I would say about Facebook is, um, dude, like everybody's there. <laughs> like I go on now and I'm like, man, like every single like 360 of my family is on Facebook and there's no escape from it. Right. There's friends I had from high school. There's friends from I had from middle school. <laughs> there's friends I had from college. Like there's friends that I have now. Like they're all mixed in there right? and no one's moving from Facebook. It, it's I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing and it's it's happening. Uh, uh, the other thing I want to to mention is when they launch this wallet, and it should be happening later this year. Another thing to mention, side note, real quick. I don't mean to throw you off because we're going to go back to we're going to go back to Facebook, but real quick, side note. Another thing this year, everybody's making wallets. Stellar's making a wallet apparently. Um, that's going to be a thing that they're going to launch, and they think that's the the way to go. Um, there's other blockchain projects that are going to be making their own wallets. Um, you're going to start seeing some of these Uniswap protocols, uh, or not protocols. You're going to start seeing these Uniswap. Uniswap platforms uh, implement like uh, Zero X or Kyber Network uh, protocols to utilize on-chain uh, uh, trading between assets uh, from Ethereum. So that's going to happen. Uh, these are all going to be built into the app. So these these wallets, these 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 uh, cryptocurrency wallets, these Facebook Calibra wallets, these Libra wallets, <laughs> Facebook's going to be the first start of it. Um, they're going to get a ton of press a ton of press. They're going to get major tech news press. They're going to get major, um, you know, ABC, NBC, Fox News press. They're going to get, um, you know, CNBC. They're, they're going to get every type of press that you want over their over their, their digital wallet that they're going to create. And the one thing that people aren't realizing is if you look at the fine print, because this was actually leaked by the information, they're a... Uh, a really expensive publication, um, but from their leak, they they even they even said that uh, they're shifting from its Libra token. So in the beginning, they were supposed to do this whole like Libra token, and then it was going to be pegged to stable coins and all that yada yada yada. But as of late, they're reporting now that the wallet will support multiple currencies, um, of which Libra will just be one. The Libra token will be one, but primarily it's going to be U.S. dollar currencies, um, euro currencies, and who knows, maybe Bitcoin. I'm just saying maybe Bitcoin or maybe some type of uh, who knows. I'm just saying who knows. And you know if this is open source by Facebook, somebody is going to fork that project, right? And they're going to make a an open source version of this Calibra wallet where they're going to implement all these cryptocurrencies. I can already see it happening. I mean, they just did that with, with the Ton platform here recently whenever they closed down the uh, Telegram blockchain project. They just forked it, and now it's open source. So, sticking the middle finger to the SEC—that's <laughs> that's kind of what that's kind of what tech does, right? So, Calibra is a big thing, and it's going to launch here in October. Hmm, that's crazy, right? Yeah, and that's pretty bullish. I, I know 
people don't people probably don't realize or maybe you were following last year i'm pretty sure you were uh when we had the facebook hearings like remember when that happened bitcoin just soared man and they were just they were talking about facebook like mark zuckerberg was up there explaining why his project sucked like you know so like this was tremendous bullish news for for bitcoin so you can imagine what that's going to look like later this year in october so that's going to be a thing here in October for Facebook Calibre Project. Another thing is going to be that COVID-19 at that point, hopefully we'll all be working by then and we'll start, you know, going back to work here and later this year in October. Right. So that could be a thing. Maybe the maybe people are back to work and making a living wage again. That could be a thing. Right. So that's bullish news as well, too, for the entire world. Right. Another thing that's getting launched here in October uh, or third quarter-ish, is Ethereum 2. Yeah, that's, so that's going proof of stake. And uh, you're seeing the rise of Ethereum price happen here recently. Ethereum futures were just announced this week. There's so much bullish news <laughs> for Ethereum. I, I don't even have to uh, go into it. We did a whole podcast on it. Just go take, take a listen take a listen to it. Um, it's crazy. Uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the DeFi news comes out every day. It's, it's too much to even <laughs> keep up with at this point. But there's news coming out every day uh, for DeFi, and Ethereum 2 is going to be massive uh, for the space. If you remember, when we had the, the ICOs uh, in 2017, it was big for Ethereum. It got it up to $1,400 per coin, right? Went from $7, $3 the year before to $1,400. Crazy. So you could imagine the price of, of, of Ethereum now at $200. It was at $80, you know, last year. Um, for Ethereum per coin. If you can imagine now, $200 per, per, per Ethereum, you can imagine where it's going to be here in the next major bull run, right? You can speculate it's going to be in the, in the thousands possibly. Who knows? But it, it, for, this, for this year, for this third quarter, this, this is a bullish, another bullish factor for Bitcoin is the Ethereum 2 launch. Uh, say what you will, but uh, all roads lead back to Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't I don't take it too personal when people are like, oh, you like Ethereum. I'm like, yeah, I like Bitcoin, too. <laughs> yeah, Ethereum just makes me more Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it's just how it is. Um, another thing is Bact. Yeah, so Bact actually has this whole uh, platform that they're releasing. It looks really slick. I signed up for it, um, but they're going to roll this out sometime this summer. And this is their phase two of their of their launch. And uh, this is going to allow you to have like all kind of consumer points. It's going to be a, a, a cryptocurrency wallet. You're going to be able to pay at Starbucks with it. It's basically going to be what I imagine what Facebook is doing with their Calibra wallet. It's but it's going to be more of a of a of a, a very like um, retail high quality finance app. Right. That's what Bax is creating. It looks really slick. You should definitely take a look at it. Um, but that's going to roll out sometime this summer. So you have all these wallets. <laughs> like I said, all these wallets are rolling out this year because everybody knows. Another thing you got to keep an eye out for, and this has already started happening, the digital yawn. Like that's already been released, right? And we already saw, uh, you know, photos of it. Uh, it's rolling out now and it's going to be continued to roll out through the rest of the year. There's even talks uh, of China, um, you know, maybe possibly, you know, using cryptocurrencies in the future who knows who knows as far as you know maybe i'm just saying maybe you can trade cryptocurrencies i'm just saying who knows who knows if they'll allow that but still i'm saying like digital yawn's a big thing this will all lead back 
<laughs> to Bitcoin. Another thing, too, that people aren't paying attention to, but you should because this week was evidence of it, was Central Bank Digital Currencies. They're set to release to the public at some point in 2021. And we're possibly going to get a cryptocurrency act as well. Uh, and that means they're finally going to set some guidelines because uh, we have our guy uh, from Coinbase <laughs> in the comptroller office for the Treasury Department. And he's working his magic. And so I'm sure he's going to release something this year as far as guidelines and, and standards. So we'll probably see that happen either later this year or early 2021. Uh, and then we're also going to see more stimulus checks um, here in America. I'm sure other places, too, as well. Um, so that's going to happen later this summer. Who knows? But this all means more Fed printing. Right. And then finally, probably the, the biggest bullish technical factors for Bitcoin after the halving that no one's really discussing right now. They have discussed before, but we have the the, the Bitcoin proposals like the BIP 340 Shador signatures, BIP 341 Taproot, BIP 342 Tapscript. Straight MV2, all possible for implementation in 2021. So one, two, three, four possible impl new implementation upgrades for the, for the Bitcoin protocol in 2021. And if you remember what SegWit did, uh, we just saw vroom, <laughs> just skyrocket right after that. So yeah, the, all these upgrades are going to happen to Bitcoin here in 2021. There's everybody, everybody in the community is still discussing it. They haven't set an implementation date yet, but it's going to happen in 2021. So look for that. And these are all the, the bullish factors coming out of the happening. Yeah, so much to look forward to. And it's amazing to me that most people aren't realizing it, because if, if there's one thing about Bitcoin is it loves bullish news. <laughs> you'll just see you'll just see a skyrocket. Right. Everybody knows what happens when bullish news comes for Bitcoin. It starts skyrocketing. Okay, so now we need to jump into coin analysis. That's right, we're talking Bitcoin. Let's do it. analysis we're talking bitcoin actually this whole episode we're talking bitcoin that's the surprise but we need we need to talk about events impacting bitcoin this year now we talked about everything that's post having but if, you, if we look at it again the having proven itself as a safe haven asset right uh bitcoin has done that at this point quantitative easing right fed thank you you impacted bitcoin this year businesses emerging from the crisis right there's new businesses that are, are they're gonna that are thriving regulation changes technical upgrades all are happening for Bitcoin now all individually the these different aspects these different events have been to have the potential to change its past forever right for Bitcoin but all combined at once it's no wonder why no one is looking away and adopting this currency did I did I forget to tell y'all so my wife here recently, she starts asking me, she's like, hey, um, we have Bitcoin, right? And I was like, are you joking? She started laughing. That's her way of joking, right? And so 
when I was talking to her, she was like, hey, so I want to start my own wallet. I'm like, why? <laughs> she's like, I want to start saving money because she's like, I hear you talk about all this stuff that you talk about in the other room. And uh, it has me worried. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to make you worry. <laughs> That's for me to, to talk about and to discuss and to worry about. But, um, yeah, I said, I, I agree. I think we should, you know, consider, you know, putting some money uh, weekly for you in Bitcoin. Because uh, at this point, the way the, the way the way it works for us, at least, <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to hear this or not, but I'm going to share it. You know, I dollar cost average every week. Um, I put more Bitcoin when I get paid. Right. I, 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 I utilize all of that all the time. Uh, there are some days where I'll skip lunch or some weeks where I'll skip lunch or I was going to buy me something uh, and I'll say, you know, instead of me buying something, I'll, I'll use that for Bitcoin or for Ethereum, whatever. Right. And I'll do that. Um, and then for the most part, um, anytime I have like a nice size chunk of, of cash, either from a bonus at work or whatever it may be from from, a, you know, a birthday or a Christmas present, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use that to purchase uh, Bitcoin. All of it, right? I won't even think twice about it. Um, so for the most part, I'm always putting money into Bitcoin. And uh, I'm married, so of course that means <laughs> for my wife. <laughs> but I think I think she's starting to realize that her, the way she explained to me, I should say, is that she's starting to realize that her money's uh, is dwindling down in in, in, uh, in value. And I'm I'm actually noticing that too as well. So. Here recently, I would say in the past month or so, I started noticing like if we go to some place down the street to go eat dinner, right, to get takeout or something, like the prices have jumped three or four dollars than they were before. I just I just went this evening to go purchase um, some some food down the street through a drive-through, and the prices are up like a dollar dollar twenty-five than where they were you know two months ago or whatever it was before all this happened. So you're already seeing that that price uh, go up. And what she's realizing is she's realizing like, hey, I'm getting paid every two weeks and, you know, some stuff is for bills, some stuff is for me. But I'm starting to realize like the stuff that I have for me doesn't go as long as it used to. So I'm going to put some of that in Bitcoin and hopefully that will accrue in value, you know, and so that'll make up for the difference. Right. And that's what her line of line of reasoning is for it. And I totally get it. Like, it makes sense. Like, there's some times where, you know, uh, I would say probably, well, in March was a perfect time when I started putting a lot of money into into Bitcoin. And sure enough, like now, like, yeah, I already saw 3x from what happened in, on March 13th, March 14th. So we're so I'm very happy. We're very happy uh, for that. And that's extra money that we could transfer back over. But like I say, I'm like, no, I'm going <laughs> to hodl this a little while longer. Um, so people are waking up to it and, and she's had that conversation with her sister. Who knows if her sister has had that conversation with her husband. I've told my family, like there's, there's people that we're telling that should know if you have, if you're, we're friends on Facebook, you'll see me post about it. Um, so people are making the, the, the dots connect, right? Like it's naturally happening for people. The fact that my wife is doing it now is a big sign in my opinion, because a year ago, two years ago. She she didn't even want to, she she said it was enough for me to do it. <laughs> now she's realizing like, hey, it's enough for him to do it. But now she's realizing like, oh shit, this might we might we might need more than just enough uh, than what he's doing to to really you know stay afloat because 
these are scary times. These are really scary times. So I, I didn't mean to go off track, and I hope you guys appreciated me sharing that. But this time, the price may be growing faster. Uh, and since more people consider Bitcoin as a safe haven asset now, especially <laughs> during this crisis, there are chances that we will never see prices like we saw in the middle of March ever again. Like we might never see 3K, <laughs> you know, 3,200. We might never see 4K again. Like these are possibilities. Now, don't get me wrong. If you listen to any bear out there, uh, <laughs> I love you, Tone, but you know, the, 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 they'll call for, you know, really uh, low targets. And I, I wish, right? I just don't think people are going to allow that. I think at this point, you're going to see a massive amount of institutional investors buy that dip. So even if it does fall, it won't fall like that for more than two days, right? Uh, you'll see it fall for like maybe less than an hour, if that. Um, and if it keeps falling even more, like I just do not see a scenario where it keeps falling below 4K right now. I just don't. Now, history is telling us that the Bitcoin price will typically begin to rise significantly within the 12 months following the halving, right? And this is why we talked about it here earlier, but I, I think I think that time is gonna come in October. Um, I think we might see the real rally in 2021. Now, now, there's one great investment firm that's out there in the Bitcoin space, Pantera Capital. <laughs> they do some really good research. So not only do they do really good research, they have created this post Bitcoin having rally charts and it really shows where the price of Bitcoin is going to go. And if there's anybody that knows this stuff, it's going to be Pantera Capital. Right. So if we look at Bitcoin as a full fledged asset used by Wall Street companies. Right. And I think it's already established itself like this anyway. One potential framework for analyzing the impact of halvings is to study the change in the stock to flow ratio. And we went over that pre-halving, right? Uh, the first halving reduced the supply by 15% of the total outstanding Bitcoins. That's a huge impact on supply and it had a huge impact on price, right? We saw it, we saw it jump up to over $1,000 at that point. That's why I, I know a lot of people um, disagree with me, but that's why I, I really think the price of Ethereum is going to going to go berserk here um after after the after uh the third quarter uh yeah anyway we'll talk about that another day but each sub subsequent halvings impact on price will likely taper off in importance as the ratio of reduction in supply from previous halvings it, it is next to decrease so if we look at the chart here you can see that the reduction of supply uh from 25 btc led to uh, an exorbitant amount of Bitcoins, right? 10,000, or I'm sorry, 10 million. And then you look at the next reduction of supply per block, it's at 12.5 BTC, led to 15 million. And then you can start seeing this, right? You start seeing this, so it goes down to 6.25 per block, and now the outstanding Bitcoins are 18 million. So it's gonna go even lower. So the second having decreased supply one third as much as the first. Very interesting, right? Now, if we look at the reduction to supply, we can see that it was only 40%, as great as it was in 2016. If this relationship holds true, that would imply that maybe 40% is as much price impulse, right? So that means that Bitcoin would peak at around 115K. Yeah. So 
this this is all coming from Pantera Capital. Right. And I'll put the charts in there. And you can see exactly what they're talking about when it comes to reduction of Bitcoin supply and it comes to post Bitcoin having rallies and it comes to having impact on price. And it, it all makes it all makes sense. Like, it, I don't see why they would lie. But then again, they are they, <laughs> they are a capital firm um, pitching to Wall Street. But at the same time, it's I've been in the States long enough to know that uh, they're one of the good guys. Right. So let's. Let's let's think this through. 115k per Bitcoin. It's pretty nice, right? So if you get yourself up to a, a Bitcoin here in the next five months, <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is the main thing that I kind of you know try to try to wrangle myself around is the is the importance of accumulating one Bitcoin. Now, if you haven't accumulated one Bitcoin, I will say like. Do whatever you can to do that first, right? We're as we get into the rest of May here, uh, and we'll discuss it in f- f- future episodes here in May. But we're gonna we're gonna start talking about alts here pretty soon. I want to already start talking about them already, but I, I want to give it a little bit of time because I don't want to be that guy that talks about alts too soon. You don't want to be never want to be our first. You never want to be first talking about alts. But there are some alts that I've been looking at. I'm like, man, these are going to be it's going to really, really, really be a good alt season when it happens. But we I would say we definitely have these five months to accumulate BTC. That's why, that's why I was telling my wife, I was like, hey, just accumulate small at a time. Like, don't go crazy like me. <laughs> you know, I have a problem. But, you know, just, you know, 20, 50, 100, 200 dollars every paycheck. Like, that's that's normal. Right. Like. Just a little bit, like you'd be surprised how far that will go, you know, in the next half or in the next half, in the next major bull run. Like you'll you'll thank yourself, and then you'll realize you should have done more. <laughs> but that's normal. Um, what I say, what I say is, we I would say we have about a good five months. Uh, I don't think we're gonna see takeoff here next week. I mean, that'd be shocking, and I would definitely sell. <laughs> I already sold a little bit. Uh, at, at 10.4, when, once I once I realized we weren't going to get to 11k, I was like, "Hey, it's time to it's time to sell car." You said you were going to sell, and, and yeah, so I so I did. I sold a little of my trading stack, um, and I I plan to buy back in um, when it gets lower. But any anything lower than 8k, I, I'm going to buy back in. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is, um, you you want to make sure that you understand that there's still time left. I, I sincerely doubt. We're going to see a run up here to 13K, 14K, 15K here in the next month or so. I mean, would it shock me? Kind of. Yeah. Um, now, if, the, if, if Warren Buffett comes out and says he's buying Bitcoin, too, well, then <laughs> we're definitely going to see a drop in price because he already bought it. <laughs> he's ready to dump on us. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but you know what I mean? Like this. People are going to start changing their mind about Bitcoin. It's going to happen this year. It's it's all going to be relative to the price, right? So what I'm trying to say is um, we have time. Don't get scared. Don't go out and purchase loans or anything to buy Bitcoin. Like, just take your time. You still have time. But you honestly, you should have been, you should have been buying this whole time. <laughs> right? You should have been out buying this whole time. So... Um, if we if we drop below 8k, I would say that's a good price. Make sure to buy it. Right, um, anything lower than 8k is automatic buy, in my opinion. If it goes back down to 4k, 4800 or 5k, like you definitely want to buy in again. Like I, I 
to, to think that you're you're out of this, like you're not going to make any kind of, um, you know, any kind of uh, money from this is just not true. Like I remember <laughs> in October uh, of 2017 uh, purchasing, uh, I think I was buying Bitcoin still at that time and still seeing a significant gain from October to, to January. Right. So it, it's it's one thing to, to think that you're too late, but. Once we start getting into these, and this is, people are going to be amazed. But once, we, and I, I've talked about this previously in previous episodes. But once we start doing these 10k jumps, because we're we're doing these 1k jumps right now, we have been. Um, but once we start doing these 10k jumps <laughs> here in this next bull run, once it goes starts going from 50 to 60 to 70, people are going to be like, "What?" The? Like people are going to blow their lids. Like it's going to blow their mind. So everybody's expecting different prices. I think conservatively, I would say 38K for the next bull run peak is still a good deal, in my opinion, 38K. And that's kind of what I think it will, it'll, it'll definitely get to for sure, 38K for sure, right? Like, I don't mind putting my name signature on that price, us reaching it. 38K to me seems like a really good, sweet price, right? And anybody would be happy to exit at that time, especially if you've been accumulating since 2018, like myself, <laughs> when it was worth twenty nine hundred dollars, it went up to seven thousand dollars, but back down to thirty eight hundred. Like, if you've been accumulating that long and you and you want to play a safe bet, like myself, you're gonna exit at thirty eight k and be okay, even if it goes to one hundred and fifteen k, like Pantera Capital is suggesting here, um, because you're gonna realize like you made so much profit, right? And anything else is is too much of a risk. Because you got to know your exit. And we'll talk about that later in future episodes. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say right now is ultimately, let's go, let's go back, car. Let's go back. What I'm trying to say now is um, you still have time. I would say there's at least I'd say there's at least five good months before we start seeing the, these these crazy jumps, right? And I might even go from right at 9K right now to, to 13K, you know, from here to October. It might even go that far already, right? Um, so we might even see that happen already. Um, here in the short term, but even in my opinion, I still think that's a that's a good time frame. You know, going up three k in 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 five months is still good. Uh, going down three k is still good too as well. So this is where I see the price of of, of Bitcoin. You know, tra- at least trajectory too, right? Um, another thing, and I thought this was really really an awesome saying was Mark Twain. He often attributed uh, this saying, uh, he, he always said it all the time, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And you can look at the past, you can see where you went, you know, from, was it $648 to 19K in, in 2018, right? So from 2016 at $648 to over 19K, in, in 2018, like that's crazy, right? So you could totally see that. So if we look right now, the price was at around 8K, 8.9K, right? On on, on having day, uh, 115K seems, seems very probable. But even if we get to 38K, that's still great. Like in my opinion, even 50K or 48K for that matter. Um, and we'll talk about that much, much later. But for right now, like the impact on price 
post having is a big deal. And this is this is all the information you know when it comes to uh, Bitcoin, and it's um, let's say long term analysis, right? Okay, with that, let's get into future predictions. Speculative token analysis. These are future predictions. I'm going to go ahead and, and say this now because I think it needs to be said. And I, I'm going to start talking like this <laughs> from this point forward. March, or March, May 17th. You're like, car, what are you recording this? May 17th, 2020, uh, up until uh, the next height of this, of this, whatever this peak is for, for Bitcoin. I'm going to start talking like this. And I, I don't mean to offend you, but this is how I'm, I'm feeling now. I'm getting very bullish. <laughs> right now, for me, Bitcoin is my savings account at this point. Like, that's it. Like, like, I will no longer save, and this is crazy for me to think like this now. I mean, I felt like I was always going to go this way, <laughs> but even after the having, at this point, I, I just see nothing but clear blue sky, and uh, I don't see anything changing long term. I'm long term bullish from this point until we reach that peak, and like I said, we'll talk about that here. Actually, let me just say what I'm going to say. Man, so many thoughts in my head right now. Um, I'm so excited for this episode, by the way. Um, yeah, but Bitcoin for me, savings account at this point. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see me um, moving back over to fiat, not anytime soon. Uh, at least not until you know after the, the, this this next big peak, right? Um, I, I just don't like. I, I don't. I don't trust <laughs> fiat at this point. And I know that sounds crazy. I get it, but for me right now, Bitcoin's a savings account, and I'm in, I'm, I'm long-term bullish. And there's three parts to this future predictions that I wanna wanna go into. One is long-term bullish, second is midterm um, midterm bearish trend, and and third is short-term bullish. Right. So, what does that mean? Well, let's, let's dive into part one. And first off, we we need to talk about my prediction <laughs> uh, for the having. Boy, was I wrong. Now. I would say I was wrong, but I was off by 1K. So take that for what it is. I was off by 1K. I think I predicted like 11.3K into the halving. Technically, it was 8.9, <laughs> but I did say that it was going to reach the height of 11.3 for the month of May, which technically we still are in the month of May, by the way. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. What I will say, though, is trading shot was right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I follow his charts. Never will I go against what he's saying. <laughs> I've learned my lesson, Car. Uh, look at all your on-chain metrics all you want, Car. <laughs> this guy is called Trading Shot for a reason. Um, no, he's he's exactly like he's 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 this. Since we've been following him for over a year now, every chart he releases is just exacto. It's just like perfect. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what kind of voodoo he's doing. But <laughs> he released a, a chart here uh, recently. And what we have is a cup within a cup. That's what the pattern is called on the chart. I'll put it in the show notes and a link to the to the to the chart itself. 
but he has a symmetrical trend line. Um, and then he also has this uh, end of year target. And guess where it's at? It's at 13.8K. So he's predicting that we're going to hit 13.8K by November-ish here. So I think I think as long as we – this is long-term. We're talking long-term right now, by the way. I think as long as we can get above this 10.5K, that's just this flat resistance line that's just not letting us jump over for whatever reason, <laughs> we can't get over 10.5K. Uh, we're right now we're at 9.8k right now right but we can't get over 10.5k no matter what we do we can't get over it but it's okay because we're solidifying this 9200 dollar uh resistance level right now and that's perfectly fine for me i I don't mind cruising at 9k you know for the rest (laughs) of these five months into october like i don't mind like once october comes i know we're gonna get crazy we're gonna get crazy jumps so i'm okay with that um, but right now I, I do not mind being at 9k. Honestly, I prefer it so I can gather more Bitcoin uh, and I want to see it tank down. <laughs> I want to see it jump down to, you know, I want to see it retest 7,800. I would love for it to retest 7,800 and everything in my fiber is telling me that we are going to retest 7,800 at some point from here to October. Like to me, that sounds reasonable. Do I think we can go any lower than 7,800? I don't, I don't think for a second we can, um, People are gonna. People are going to try to get you to dump your Bitcoin right now, and I think that's going to be the most ridiculous move you can do. So please don't do it. Like you're gonna, since you're gonna regret, you're gonna regret it. Trust me, I know from experience. Right in 2016, I spent a lot of my Bitcoin <laughs> on some gambling websites. <laughs> These were dark days. These are dark days for Car. No, I'm just kidding. It was like one. It was like one fight, one UFC fight. I made a bet. Anyway. I lost, obviously. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, it was like a 20% bonus if you use Bitcoin. Anyway, this is how they get you. They scam you. What I'm trying to say is don't sell your Bitcoin. Like, that's just dumb, right? So don't do it. Uh, but, but I will say, though, that um, 7.8K, 7.8K is where I'm saying the line's drawn. It's not going any lower than that. People can say whatever they want. And uh, frankly, if they say we're going to get back down to 4,800, I'll concede that. I'll say that's a possibility, right? I'll concede that it is a possibility that we could get back down to 4,800. Even if, let's say this, if there was a major uh, stock market crash tomorrow or the next day or next week or, or even a month from now, two months from now, whatever it is, right? There's a major stock market crash, right? Or if we, we go to war, if America goes to war with some other, you know, you know innocent country <laughs> here in the rest of the world, Yes, I could totally see Bitcoin, you know, sell right and drop off. Do I think it'll fall below 4,800? Hell no. I don't think it can. I don't think so. Now, if there's a World War III or something, then yeah, all bets are off, right? Um, but what I'm trying to say is, if it go, if it stays the new normal, <laughs> the new abnormal as it has been for 2020, when you know what that means, I don't have to explain that then I don't think it's going to fall any lower than 7,800 mining everything I just said a while ago. So long term, I'm, I'm long term. I'm bullish. 7,800, please. Right. I want that. Give me that. But honestly, I don't see it falling below that. 4,800. Yes, is a possibility. But anything lower than 4,800, you have to kid yourself. There's just absolutely no way. No way that's going to happen. 
Yes. Well, I think it will retest 82, 84 at some point later this month or even next month or July. You know, usually in June and July, that's when a lot of people in the crypto space, you know, take their vacations. And there's no vacation this year for a lot of people because no one's going anywhere. Um, but that's usually the slow time for crypto current for crypto and, and Bitcoin in the industry is June and July. Um, so, yes. Do I think it could fall back below to 8K, 78K? Sorry, I'm sorry, 7,800. Yes, it definitely can. And it would probably do that in June and July. But long term, I'm, I'm bullish because once August comes, that's a, it's a good month for Bitcoin usually. Uh, and then October, I think, is just going to be crazy because we're going to see Facebook launch and ETH2 launch. It's just going to be a really good time for, for Bitcoin. So according to this trading shot chart, we have a symmetrical trend line leading us into 13.8K later this year. And... Um, yeah, he has us passing. He has us passing that flat resistance line of 10.5k here in August. So we could probably see some major downsides to 8500, but I mean, I just don't foresee us, you know, falling below that resistance line of 7800. I just don't. Uh, and I'm probably the the I'm probably the only person that that thinks that thinks that at this point, at least compared to others in the space. Um, Next, one we're going to look at midterm bearish trend because this is exactly what I'm talking about. June and July and parts of May, um, yeah, we're going to see some further downward activity. Um, right now, it doesn't look like it because we're at 9,800. Um, but realize these miners are going to fall off. They're going to capitulate at some point. They're going to need to sell some more Bitcoin. They're not going to want to, but it's going to happen. There's going to be a difficulty adjustment on protocol that changes. All this is going to lead to further volatility and further drop in price. Uh, hash rate might fall. When hash rate falls, price falls. Same thing. But that's usually a good time to buy Bitcoin is when hash rate falls. Right now, hash rate is falling. Not not crazy falling like it was on March 12th, but it's falling. It's probably around where we were in January, which is still good year over year, but still it's falling. Um, so what I'm trying to say here is, yeah, medium term, Midterm bearish trend, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely bearish here in the short term. And I mean like June, June and July. And this is why we're going to start talking about alts here in June and July. I'm going to try to wait <laughs> to talk about alts till June because I want to make sure that we keep May <laughs> all about Bitcoin and Ethereum, baby. But, uh, you know, in June and July, we will start talking about alts because uh, that's when you'll want to purchase, start purchasing alts is in June and July. You definitely want to start purchasing them. Not right now. Not yet. <laughs> I'll let you know. W once you start seeing that Bitcoin fall below 9K, then yeah, that's when you want to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Here here in the short term, and let's jump into short-term bullish, because I definitely am short-term bullish. Because of days like today, man, like this week, I should say, um, it it's looking very bullish right now. <laughs> it's looking very bullish right now. Like, seriously. You'd have to be a, a a crazy man to not be happy with the price the way it's going right now. Yeah, man, it feels really good to see it at nine point eight k. It's I'm sure we'll see it at ten k at some point later tonight once China wakes up and starts buying. Um, so what I'm trying to say is yes, I'm short term bullish here into I would say the next week or so. Um, but I I do realize that eight k will come at some point. And I'll be ready to buy. Um, but long term, like I said, June and July is where I'm seeing everything right now. 
according to everything that trading shot's showing us, um, I, I, he's hardly ever wrong. I, I don't see even if even if we were to try to make that that fall to um, you know to uh, you know there's so there's going to be some people like oh no car you're wrong it's going to go it's going to go way lower than seventy eight hundred yeah that's possible too because technically if you look at uh, trading shots chart he has it to where we could go as low as 6200 right that would be right around 5800 that would be right around there right uh, and then that slowly increases with time too as well um, the further we get towards october so what i'm trying to say is yes here in the interim um i would say from here till the end of july yes we could we could fall from here or anywhere between 6k to 7k now do i think that's going to be a high probability no i don't think so but could that happen yes absolutely it could happen but i'm i'm really going to be surprised if it falls below 7800 because I, I think trying to break that resistance uh, level is going to require more than um just um I just I just think it's going to require more than we're going to need some really bad news. <laughs> There's going to have to be something that that makes us fall that low. It won't just fall to, you know, to 6,800, 7,200 just for nothing. If it does, you want to make sure you're buying because it's going to jump back up to 8K, you know, in a day or so. So if, if we even if we do get below that, you know, 69, $6,800 level, um, you want to make sure you're buying Bitcoin because it's going to go right back up to 8K. And even if it does swing down and it hangs out in this like because it's possible, it's possible it could go into this to this like, you know, peak that we're in now to 99 or 9800 Bitcoin fall all the way back down to 6800, 7200, stay in there for June and July, kick up out of there, you know, in August it gets to 8k again then starts rising to, to pass the flat resistance line of 10k in september then october it just goes parabolic and then we start seeing 11 12k and then we never see those ranges ever again and and i say we'll never even if we do go back down to you know these 5800 levels 6200 levels uh 7200 levels 7800 levels um we, once we start getting below 7800 we aren't going to see those levels ever again like ever in Bitcoin's history, so make sure you are <laughs> are buying in at, at those at those points because um, you're going to want to do that. So um, that's why I still I still say dollar cost averaging is the way to go, and then buy buy in bulk, you know, on on the on those days when it's like sixty eight hundred. Anything low, and I'll say this now: anything lower than seventy eight hundred, it should be an automatic buy. And anything anything above. Anything above 9K right now, I would say mm, probably wait, probably wait, probably wait a week. You know, you could probably get it lower below 8K, below 8,500. But um, yes, it's it's possible here June and July, uh, you know, we could see 7,800. We could see those levels. But I really think it's going to be it's going to take some really bad news for us to get back down to. Um, it's going to take something. There's going to have to be some other factor for us to get to get that low to 6,800, right? Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And that's kind of all I got for future predictions. I hope that's uh, 
everything there. I have all this written out here in the show notes, but I think for the most part, this is post Bitcoin having analysis. This is everything I could gather for you to be ahead of the curve when it comes to your Bitcoin investment, right? Because ultimately, like, if you don't know what's going to happen, what's going on, or you don't have these charts or, or these metrics that you can verify and be like, oh, no, Car mentioned this in previous episode. He told me about the hash rate falling. He says these are the bullish factors after the halving. Um, he gave me his analysis on why these post-Bitcoin halving rallies happen. Um, he went into his long-term bullish trend. He gave me his levels, what he thinks it's going to be at here midterm bearish you know for june and july he gave me his short-term um, bullish prediction for here through the rest of the month um yeah so kind of gave you everything that i can give that i'm using myself to further navigate this crazy space that we call bitcoin and crypto um because it is crazy okay So look for us to drop that great monetary inflation episode here, hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully I can get it out tomorrow. But uh, like I said, May is Bitcoin's month and it's proving it right now. We're, we're getting close to 10K. Um, May has just always been a great month for Bitcoin. So um, this is why, you know, historical, you know, evidence with Bitcoin is, is so good to, to know. And, and just having time in the space, building those sea legs is very important. Um, so as we lead here into June and July, this is going to be a very crazy two months. But after this, June and July, um, we are going to be at a really good pace coming into August, going into October, November. Unless something catastrophic happens in the world, um, I'm entirely bullish for the rest of this run. So super excited for what's ahead. See you guys next time.